everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Hey guys, welcome back. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Chelsea Ritchie today. It's been a long time in the works to make both of our schedules work out so that we could chat, but I'm so glad that God allowed us to carve out this time together because you guys, it's so good. I took so many notes as I was preparing and editing this episode. Chelsea was one of those original voices back in the early days when people began to share their stories on Instagram and on their blogs. And God has used her to speak into so many lives. Who knows how many thousands of women's lives have been changed and blessed because of Chelsea's openness and her vulnerability on Instagram back years ago. We talk not only about Chelsea's story, but we talk what it was like for her to start sharing back then when no one was sharing. We talk about what God has taught her through her journey, what he's still teaching her. We talked a lot about knowing when to hear his voice, when to move, when to stay. And here she shared something that God shared with her along their journey. And so we see this phrase, like God says this to Moses in the Bible, and he's like, I am who I am. And I feel like what he's telling Moses is, I'm everything you need me to be. And I really clung, this was such a hope-filled promise for me, like God was everything that I needed him to be. He was fully capable of filling up every inch of my heart and revealing himself and just promising me that his character would never change. Like Chelsea, no matter what season you're in, I am who you need me to be. And you guys, that was just a snippet of what is to come. You guys want to grab your journals, a pen, and maybe some tissues and get ready to take some notes. There's so many good statements that she shares and you're going to want to write this down. I can't wait for you to hear. Here we go. I'm good. This has been, this podcast has been a year, over a year in the making. We have started this conversation to have this interview back in June of 2018. So thank you for coming on and I'm so glad we could make it work. I'm so glad we can make it work. And I'm so glad that God has just given us this time now. I'm like, what would we have talked about a year ago? I feel like God just continues to refine so much. And I'm just so excited to talk with you today. Well, tell us, tell the listeners, if they don't know who you are, tell us about you and your family. Yes. Well, my name's Chelsea. Um, I am in my 30s, we'll just say roughly. I just celebrated a birthday. Um, And my husband and I, his name is Josh. We were married really young. Um, I was 19. He was 21. We met at college in Indiana, and now I um, live in Minnesota. I grew up in Chicago, moved to Minnesota once we got married, and um, we have two children, um, boy-girl twins who just turned two earlier this year, and we're, we're, we're living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> so you have two miracle babies. How did those come about? So we were married in 2005. Um, And it was about 2007 where we're like, we want to start a family. We want to have a baby. And it's kind of where our story of infertility started. So like many people listening, um, we kind of went through the months of nothing, of trying Mm -hmm. and just getting negative tests. And shortly thereafter, I was diagnosed with PCOS. And so we started working with our doctor and cycle after cycle, we just had like no results. And it was just like, month after month of tears and nothing and confusion and heartbreak. And the doctor was like, you know, take metformin that will work and do this and that. And we did medicated cycles and IUIs and surgeries and breaks. And I just remember that season just being filled with so many questions like, God, why, why are we going through this and what are we doing? And so 
Um, in 2012, we felt like God was calling us to start an IVF cycle. And so knowing that everything up until this point had failed, we just felt like such peace that this is where God was calling us. And so we stepped out into a, a really unknown territory for us. Um, and with our eyes kind of focused upward, we just started going through that grueling cycle of shots and waiting. And we were just so confident that this was part of his plan for our family. And um, it worked. We found out that we were pregnant a few days um, before Christmas back in 2012 and went through like that precious moment captured on video of like sharing with our mm. families that we were pregnant and just like really rejoicing in God's faithfulness. Um, and then on Christmas day, later that day, I had started bleeding and, um, miscarried and our first kiddo met, um, their creator on Christmas day, but that miscarriage was so devastating. And mm. yet God met us. Like it was in this season that God taught me like his goodness is not tied to or dependent on our circumstances. And so that really kind of carried us through just that reminder, like God is good, even when our circumstances and our situations are not. And so mm -hmm. We kind of gathered those pieces and in 2013 felt like we were supposed to try again. And so we did. And our IVF cycle just didn't work. We got a negative result. And I just remember feeling so weary um, in that season. And yet, like God was teaching me, he's still present when weariness takes over, when our prayers aren't answered, like he's still there. And so we carry that into our next cycle, um, which was later in 2013. And we found out we were pregnant and it kind of felt like a painful broken record when we got the call again, that oh. there was a miscarriage and then my body didn't handle it correctly. And like eight weeks later, I needed a DNC, which just mm -hmm. felt like that. Yeah. It's so injury. terrible. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, oh God. Okay. Now where, where do we go from here? And so I just remember like really praying in that season and God was just telling me like, this delay doesn't mean my denial. Like keep praying, Chelsea. Like it was like a season where I felt like I was called so specifically to live abundantly in him um, and like give thanks in all circumstances. Cause there's not too many times you can be like, Hey, like we've done three cycles of IVF. We've miscarried twice. But God is so good, you know, and this mm -hmm. was exactly what he was calling us to do. Um, and I just I look back now and I just see how his hand was moving. Like he was just reminding me that like nothing can separate us from his love, not infertility, not grief, not broken dreams, like just keep trusting me. And so we we did just that. We transferred. We had one embryo left. Um, we transferred it later this year. And it was that feeling of like well, certainly this is going to be it. Right. And it wasn't, it just, it failed. Um, and so we were out of embryos and we just felt like God was telling us to put on the brakes. Um, like, and your body, oh my goodness. Like, Oh, what, that's so many cycles. It was so many cycles. And even more, I feel like just that mental strain of like building mm -hmm. up hope and then turning it on pause and then feeling the grief, but then turning the grief off so that you can, ramp back up the hope to dive into another cycle. Um, but I felt like God was like, okay, you can't bike uphill forever. Right. And I feel like mm -hmm. so many people listening right now understand that, like there are times in life where we need to just like pause and coast and take a break. And so he was teaching me like, 
in order to be tapped into my voice, in order for me to tell you what's next and where you should go next, you have to carve out time to hear me. And that was really challenging for me to do while doing IVF. Like it was hard for me to be still. And so when God said pause and we heard it so clearly, we're like, okay, let's pause, let's wait. Um, And that felt really counterproductive because time is working against you with fertility, right? But then 2013 turned into 2014, which turned into 2015. And like those three years, God was just like, let's just wait well. Like, let's Mm -hmm. learn how to cope with the pain. Let's learn how to cope with the longing. Let's learn how to like find purpose in the waiting. Um, It was like during this time that we, I helped co-write a woman's devotional called in the wade. And it was just like, God was just equipping me to continue to show up and then trust that he was going to show up. And so 2015, we jumped back in. We actually just did an IUI cycle. I didn't feel like I was mentally there to do an IVF cycle. Um, and, but we got pregnant and then we suffered our third miscarriage. Oh my goodness. And I felt like I was, I remember just being so bone weary. Like I think for so many years I was so positive and I was just like, I'm trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting. And then after that thir- third miscarriage, I was like, God, where are you? Like I was Especially hurting. when you feel like he gave you the go, like you're like, you, you told me to go. Like we felt like you were leading us here. Exactly. Exactly. It was like so confused. Like why did we keep hearing these signals to stop and go? And then everything just resulted in nothing but pain, you know? And so we were in our eighth year and I, I, the thing I was clinging to was I still felt felt like God was calling me to be a mom. And I felt like even more so that he was allowing that dream in me to be kept alive because I just kept praying, Lord, if we're supposed to stop this journey, like if we're supposed to learn to be so content, child-free, then I need you to just remove that longing from my heart. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I just kept praying that like, God, if this is not your will, take it, like, take it from me. Don't let this be my will. Let this be your will. And when he didn't remove that, we said, okay, like, this is it. Like, one last time. Like, we can't do keep doing this forever. Um, so 2016, we had, like, the rawest hearts I can remember to date. And we just laid him before God. And we were just like, let's do this one last time. And um, like so many of the other cycles, we got a call that we were pregnant. But unlike the others, um, the days of pregnancy continued, and then we found out we weren't just pregnant, but we were expecting twins. And then our two, our boy, our daughter and son, um, Kirsten and Logan, were born after such a long season. Wow. And, I, and I feel like it was that season God reminded us that his silence never equaled his absence. And so mm-hmm. that has always been such a powerful reminder for me. Do you feel like... At what point with your, when you were pregnant with the twins, at what point did, did you ever relax? Did you ever feel like I'm actually pregnant? This is actually going to work. You know, I, at week five, I had the most massive bleed that I've ever experienced even oh my with a miscarriage. And I ended up having a subchorionic hemorrhage that was rather large and would just continue to like break open throughout my first trimester. And I would just be like soaked with blood. And I was like, okay, so if God, I was like, this is one way I really have to trust him because now multiple times I'm feeling like I'm miscarrying and I'm not. And so 
God, like, honestly, God just was like, I was so covered by his goodness because every time I would start to bleed or spot and I ended up getting put on bed rest, but I would just write out scripture or I would put on like Psalms chapter one on my audio Bible and I would just flood my spirit with his words and, and take my mind off of the stress and anxiety because I know that that's where mm. the devil really wanted to pray, like pray on me. Um, Cause it all felt so familiar and so I'm, I'm really so grateful for the peace he provided, but it was only because I really had to intentionally fight to feed into that anxiety. Wow. I love what you said about how God's goodness is not dependent on our circumstances. I feel like that you could sit in that statement for a long time and just dwell on that. And because it's, that is so not how we, how we live our lives. Right. And that. It- and I would say even outside of infertility, the seasons after or post-infertility, that statement is so true and anything we're going to co- conquer, like when our spouse loses their job or when a parent gets sick or when you can't make the bills, like we have to just cling to his character, that his yeah. character is good and that conquers anything that we can experience. Mm-hmm. And there is goodness from that character that mm-hmm. directly ministers to us, whatever, whatever we're facing, there's mm-hmm. goodness to be, to be, you know, soaked up from him. Um, so I love that. That's so good. So I know you've been sharing a while. I feel like you are the Instagram OG, like you're the original, <laughs> <laughs> you're the original infertility advocate on Instagram. Cause you when did you start like on your, on your Instagram talking about it? Yeah, I started in 2012, which was like over seven years ago, which is crazy. Um, yeah. So I was looking in 2014 and I didn't find you then. So, but I, I did, I felt like no one was talking. So you were out there somewhere just I was, trying to yell at me and I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I was out there, but I was also taking a cycle break. So I probably wasn't posting on Instagram as much as I was posting on my blog at the time. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Blogs were much more popular in those days. They were. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So you started sharing then. And so how has sharing, you know, we're big advocates on this podcast about sharing your story because we believe it helps us heal and helps other people. But how has it helped you or hurt you at times? Yeah. So 2012, I started um, my blog and at the same time started sharing on Instagram. And that was, like you said, it was like pre-community building back back in those days. It was like, mm-hmm. we just use Instagram as a filter um, right. for our photos. And <laughs> exactly. so, Lo-fi filter all day. <laughs> exactly. Right. I like look at my photos now. I'm like, why is everything tinted orange with like a very stark <laughs> <Exactly>. contrast? <laughs> And why was every photo so bad? Why did I take a picture of that? Exactly. A lot of food, a lot of food. Um, But I really, I remember sitting in my office at my old house and I was like, Josh, I really feel like we're supposed to be sharing this partly because I, I wanted to educate people on what it was like to be us. I didn't know anybody else who was struggling with infertility. In fact, it felt like the polar opposite. Um, felt like everybody around us was having kids really, really easily. Um, but partly also because I just was obeying what I felt like God was asking me to do, which is like you said, share your story. And so he really challenged me and reminded me that everything we go through, like the things that feel small and simple and mundane, or the things that feel heavy and exhausting and monumental, like they all have the potential, um, the potential to change a life or impact the world. And so I was like, 
okay, God, like, I'm going to just throw this out here and then I'm going to allow you to use it for your redemptive purpose. Like, who knows what the world would miss out on if I didn't just share this like tiny little crack of where we were hurting and what we were struggling with um, and just let him in. And I can say it really has only helped us. I can remember in over seven years of sharing one negative comment, which is like preposterous, like the amount of trolls that are out there today. I really feel like God just has like covered us from <laughs> like from some really mean people. But mm-hmm. I feel like the benefit for this for me personally too was that like it created so much vulnerability to like put myself out there and I'm an Enneagram too I don't know if anyone is familiar like we are the helpers it is so hard to ask for help for me and so Mm -hmm. I feel like God just used it to humble me and like gave me the chance to bear my soul and ask for prayers and like need others too and by sharing that I was like exposing my soul to these to, to people around me that I just was like, I need, we need our community and this is what community looks like. And then it also allowed me to show up for others too. Um, and just remind people that they're not alone. Do you feel like it's easier to ask for it? Like to ask for help in this space on Instagram versus face-to-face? Hmm, that is so, such a good question. I don't, I don't know. I feel so split. I think What's easier, telling your life group face-to-face, hey, guys, we can't have babies right now, yeah. or telling your Instagram space? Probably. I don't know. That's hard. It is hard. I'm like, in, in some aspects, I think the Instagram space is easier, but maybe in the wrong ways. It's easier because you can then turn to, like, turn off your phone. You can, like, stop. Like, you can just mm-hmm. back away and, like put the wall up where you were really vulnerable, but where when you do it in purpose, you've like exposed yourself to your people. But I think that Mm -hmm. that's also where God calls us to like be the most vulnerable and expose ourselves so that um, we can be the church to one another and we can help each other Mm -hmm. out and support each other. So I'm like, what is easier isn't necessarily always better, but right. I felt like I also had my real life people watching my Instagram. And so that was always really challenging too. And like, we'd sit down for coffee and they'd be like, okay, I saw that you had a really hard day yesterday. How is yeah. that? You know, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm totally, I have to talk about this now. I put, I put yeah. it out there. Yeah. Definitely the best of both worlds when you've got, when you don't have a separate space from your right. from your family and friends yeah. so that they can actually follow up with you on those days. Exactly. Well, the entire goal of this podcast is for us not to learn, you know, tips and tricks on how to get pregnant or, you know, or just to grin and bear it because of it's it's hard and it's hard to have joy through it. Mm-hmm. But there's actually something deeper that we're after. It's how do we have joy from God? Not fake, not fake joy, not fake happiness. How do we have true joy from our Father as we walk through this? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we're not going to have bad days, but we always say at the end of those days, no matter what the bad reports are, we know that God is at work in us and through us and showing us that he is our treasure more than any of our other desires. So I know you've kind of already talked about some of those things, but what has he taught you through your, you almost, almost 10 years on that journey of infertility? Yeah, this is such a big question. Um, And really if I had to pinpoint two things, the first that comes to mind is just like, he is who he says he is. 
And so we see this phrase, like God says this to Moses in the Bible. And he's like, I am who I am. And I feel like what he's telling Moses is I'm everything you need me to be. And I really clung. This was such a hope-filled promise for me. Like God was everything that I needed him to be. He was fully capable of filling up every inch of my heart and revealing himself and just promising me that his character would never change. Like Chelsea, no matter what season you're in, I am who you need me to be. And so I really saw that kind of come to life in in my journey. Um, But the other thing was just that he taught me how he craves to be our comforter. Um, And so I'll tell a quick story here. Like, gosh, it probably was almost six years ago, maybe even seven. I was on vacation. I was like floating in a pool and reading And I was like surround, I went, I accidentally went to the family pool at like the resort I was at, which was just like a big mistake because everywhere I looked, there were just children and parents. And like, when you're struggling with infertility, it's like you, you magnet eyes, right? Like the mom Mm -hmm. rubbing the sun with sunscreen, the dad wrestling, the arm floaties on his toddler and the grandparents taking a hundred pictures. Like I was just surrounded by this vision, this picture of what I craved so badly. And I just remember feeling so broken, like so sad, like where you get like hot from the inside and you're like frozen and like you can almost feel the sadness creeping up your neck. Um, and I just like could not process this emotion. And I like, I can feel it now as I speak, it's almost making me emotional, Mm. but I just remember it so vividly. And I was at the, like the little spa area a few hours later, and I was still just trying to process all of these emotions. And I had this washcloth over my face. Um, and it was just like the tears just finally like broke through. It was like a dam. It was just like covering my face. My nice washcloth was just catching everything. And the tears were what was speaking like the grief to my father in a way that only tears could. Right. It was like, I, mm felt so physically like I was being covered in like this blanket of sadness and sorrow. And I just kept praying like, God, make this go away. Um, And I just remember God stopping me and reminding me in that gentle, soothing way that only he can, that it was okay to be sad. Um, It was okay to want a family and to wonder what was going to happen and to grieve the loss of the dreams and to wonder the purpose, like God, it was big enough for that sadness. But then I felt like God like opened up the blanket of sorrow and like wrapped us both back up in it. And I just felt like he wanted to acknowledge my emotions, but he wanted to remind me that he was in it with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was that really powerful reminder that God is with us in the wait. And for so long, I just kept saying, like, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for God to answer our prayers. I'm waiting for. And he just reminded me, like, we are waiting with him. Like, Jesus waited Mm. for 33 years for his ministry on earth to start, right? Like, he is a pro at waiting. And he shows us that we can still be so impactful while we wait. And so this this whole season just reminded me, like, Jesus is waiting with us. I'm not alone. Like, we are strengthened by him and that we are going through this together. Like it wasn't nearly as lonely as it had to be because I had like my savior in this blanket with me, like burrowing up in me and just like holding me close. Well, Chelsea, I've never, I've never done this before, but I feel like you, God has given you this, this voice to our community here. And 
Um, I would just love for a few minutes, if you'll just, whatever's on your heart, if you would just encourage them and just love on them for a few minutes. I know these are, we are your people. So if there's just something on your mind that I would love for you to, to do that. I love this. And I, um, it's so funny because just yesterday, this, this verse was back in my head and this was a verse. This is a verse that's so powerful. Um, and I'll, I'll start, I'll start back a couple years. Um, there was a day I was in a Bible study and I was in a church sanctuary and it was the end of this year long Bible study. And we had been going over the book of Matthew. The year in and of itself was like a super emotional one for me. I had had a miscarriage during that year. I was just like so weary, actually kind of looking forward to this being our final meeting. But they had this thing where you could go up to the front of the room and you could talk about how the year impacted you for a couple minutes. So I was sitting in the sanctuary and up you and this woman came up and stepped up to the microphone and her voice was cracking and she was talking about this verse in Matthew that had touched her heart. And she began reading, and I know it's one that we've we've heard time and time again, but she just said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I was sitting here listening to this verse, and it was actually like so silent in the room, and I just remember like the sacred power of scripture being read out loud. And I felt this immense weight being lifted off of my shoulder. And I was like watching her and then very equally confused why I like literally felt this miraculous weight off of my shoulder. And that's when I realized my bra strap had snapped right. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. Oh like, my gosh. I am now like lopsided and I am no longer connected on one side. And I have to say like, and for all you a cups, you have no idea what he's talking about. No idea. The relief. <laughs> like, and of course I was wearing like a sheared paneled shirt and like my strap is like streaping, stre like creeping up over my shoulder. And I was like having, having to clap, like holding one arm up. And I just, I think back to this like great unburdening very often because <laughs> like if only it was that easy to hand over our burdens to God, right? Like to have that strain taken off of our shoulders. And we have Jesus telling us in Matthew, like we are to come to him and hand over these worries, these cares, these anxieties, that these doubts, and he will give us rest. Um and we see this message like all throughout the Bible and Psalms. It's like, give your burdens to the Lord. He will take care of you. First Peter, it's like, give your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. And I bet so many of us who are sitting here today and listening, like feel the emotional burdens that we're carrying, whatever strain it is on your life, whether it's infertility or something else, it just feels like this physical burden, right? And so like I'm learning and I've learned and I'm encouraging us all to continue to learn that the only way that we can really truly feel that release of our burdens is when we quiet ourselves down enough to become familiar to his voice. And so I know like so often I want that relief, that like freedom to come. And so I'm like shouting at God. I'm like, release me from this pain. I'm crying out. I'm like so tempted to like see the bitterness and frustration and comparison. And God is just reminding me, especially in this season and in previous seasons, he's like, child, just be still. 
And the more I've been thinking about this, the more I keep saying, like, why is he so gentle with his words? Like, why is he so still at times when things are so hard? Why is he so quiet? Like, why does he whisper to us? Why doesn't he speak loud and spectacular? Like when I pray, Lord, like turn the light on. If you hear this prayer, like, haven't we all done that before? Like we like throw these ultimatums out there. Like why, like, why are you not speaking boldly to me? Um, But I'm learning like God is whispering to us because he's so close like he is yeah. right here with us. He's surrounding us. You only shout when you're far away. Exactly. Like, and that is just, it's so counterintuitive because we have the devil shouting his lies at us. Right. And God is like whispering his truth. Like he's not shouting to get our attention. He's, he's whispering to get us to lean in closer. And like, and when we do, he has these promises for us. Like, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I have always been with you. I love you more than you can imagine. I'm with you in the valleys, the wilderness, the storms. I am close. And I heard this story um, in a sermon years ago, and it was so powerful to me because um, the pastor said, he's like, when we get scared and when there was a big storm outside as a kid, where did we go? Well, we ran to our parents' room, right? Like we sought our parents for safety and closeness and security. And so in the middle of the storms that we're going through now, we know he's already in us, like in this with us. He's in the storm. He's in the blanket with us. He's surrounding us with his comfort. We just have to like run to him and trust him enough, trust his character enough to, mm. um, to, to just be with him and to trust that he has such a greater goal for our lives than what we're seeing. And like, he wants us to flourish and trust him. I don't know how everyone's story is going to turn out. But he's asking us to trust him regardless of our diagnosis or our circumstances. He promises he's going to be everything we need him to be. And I don't know. I just like, I just felt this, this, this reminder in this, in this world that is so chaotic and so filled with doing, doing, doing that God is just continuing to call us to a a heart and a spirit of stillness um that might not mean our schedules aren't really busy but our souls don't have to feel hurried you know and so if I could just encourage anyone it's like God is faithful to meet you wherever you are it's just up to us to show up invite him in listen to his voice and then let him write our story because that's really where freedom is found And it doesn't have to mean you don't pursue treatments. It's not like what you were saying with our, right. your schedule may be busy. You may be moving forward, mm-hmm. but you're al- just like what you did. You're allowing God to tell you, stop, take a break, start again, mm-hmm. take a break. Maybe, maybe don't do this round. Um, you're just allowing him to direct those steps right. because we, no matter how much we push and try and make, try to make things happen, we cannot create mm-hmm. life. No amount of, no amount of IVF mm-hmm. cycles will create a baby if he is, if it's not, if that's not what he wants for us and desires for us at this time. Amen. It's so true. So we have to trust that. Yeah. And I remember constantly praying like, Lord, this is how we feel. Cause I know so often we get caught up in like, well, is this what God wants us to do? And we, I just remember praying like, God, if this is not what you want us to do, close the door. Like, 
right in a way because I don't have the strength to close exactly. it for me. Exactly, just close the That's door in a, in a way that like I can see it. And I love that God is so personal that He closes the doors. What that looks like for each of us is so different, but yet we know it so distinctly Him. And so there are those seasons I'm like, I'm not hearing your voice super clear. I'm going to move forward like this. If this is not where we're supposed to go, close that door. And he was so faithful in answering those prayers. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for just the wisdom that you have learned and allowing God to use you from the beginning way before you had the, the twins. And I just I appreciate your transparency. It's really, it's been a game changer. I feel like every interview that I've done, people, when I ask the question, you know, what's been an encouragement for you? Your name just consistently comes up and they'll, and so I'm just, I'm so grateful that you were that voice for us. I, I, it's a, such a powerful reminder and thank you for that of like, when you step out in faith and you obey him, whether it's just throwing a post on Instagram eight years ago, like he uses your story in ways that you could never, ever imagine. And so like, I am just honored to be used by him. Like this is nothing of my doing. It's all, it's all Jesus. So, but thank you for sharing that encouragement with me. Well, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk with you and be part of your community here. So one thing I want to pull out of this episode, like I said in the beginning, we talked a lot about when to be still, when to move, how to pay attention to God's voice through this, but we didn't plan on that, but it just kept coming up throughout the conversation. And I feel like this was such a hard tension that we had to manage personally on our journey. And so many of you have had to deal with that as well. When you're a believer, it's not just about how you feel or whether the finances are there. We seek to know what are, what does our father want for us? What is his next step, the best next step for us to take? And something that Chelsea said in the beginning stuck out to me so much. She said, with our eyes focused up, we started the process. And I want to say that is just the posture that we should all be taking. With our eyes focused up, we started our next treatment. With our eyes focused up, we started the adoption process. With our eyes focused up, we're taking a break. God's going to show you, like she said, in the the unique way each of you hear from him and when your eyes are consistently on him seeking what's what his next best step for you is your heart is going to be more at peace and quite possibly you may have a little more joy on this journey thanks for listening i hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the joy and infertility podcast isaiah 40 31 says this those who hope in the lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.